Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse here in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's The Warehouse. Come by and see us. Also in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. We're going to talk to our friend Ryan Miller of KSL.com. He covers the Jazz. We're going to get to him coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts as the Jazz are set to resume down there in Orlando. If you're just joining the show, uh, their game, um, game six did get rescheduled, Gordon, Sunday evening at uh, 6.30. Pre-game will begin at 5.30, but uh, going uh, to a Sunday night game. So pencil that in in the calendar. Gordon, so I know you go to sleep early, but you'll have yeah. to stay up a little bit. No, not that early. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? It's, it's pretty – now that there's been this break – I, you know, who's going to have the momentum? Who's going to step in? You know, it really comes down to the Jazz have to get one, and uh, and uh, uh, you know the Nuggets have to get uh, two, and so the Jazz want, don't want this to go to three all. No, um, I I still would would put. Uh... Well, I don't want to say I put my money down because, of course, we, we're here in Utah, non-gambling. But I, I would guess that uh, that Utah could still get it done in six. Uh, the layoff makes it a little more complex, but I think Donovan Mitchell is just uh, uh, on a different planet right now with how he's playing. All right, let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the wireless com- best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He covers the jazz for KSL.com. He's our friend Ryan Miller. Ryan, how's it going, man? Going well. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing uh, we're doing terrific. Um, I want to ask this question broad, and we can get into some more specifics. But uh, tell us your perspective on what we've seen in the NBA bubble this week. You know, like I've had a lot of thoughts on this, just even starting back to the beginning of the summer. Um, it actually was like when I started covering these type of stories. It was one of the first times I've actually delved into the comment sections of my stories. I usually <laughs> kind of avoid those with all. With everything in me, but I kind of just wanted to see the pulse of the readership of Utah, and there was a lot of like, oh, I wish they'd keep politics out of sports, et cetera. Not, nothing that would surprise anybody. Um, but what I think is interesting, and kind of what I was thinking about this week, is like, you know, I think the players kind of wish the same thing, but they don't feel like they can. And I, I think it's kind of crazy that these guys have really become like the civil rights leaders of a new generation, like. If you think about it, I bet they wish they didn't have to demand a state legislator to reconvene, like like the Bucks did. I bet they wish they didn't have to stop playing in order all, for all these stadiums to open up for polling locations. Like I bet they wish that the racial inequality just didn't exist. Uh, or, 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 and so it's like it, it's kind of crazy. And like Rudy Gobert on Wednesday, I thought said something pretty interesting, where it's like, look, we're really we're lucky as to be in the positions where we are, and. Because of that, we can't let all the other people that aren't making this money, that don't have these platforms down. And so I, I think it's crazy, but it's 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 an important, it's really important what they're doing, and unfortunately, it's proven to be necessary that they're doing it. So, what do you make of the series between the Jazz and the Nuggets? Uh, how do you do? You think that this is the the Jazz's together? Do you, did that last game create some doubt in your mind that uh, man, this thing could go either way? 
Yeah, I think what's important for the Jazz, too, is not to overreact to Game 5. Like, they were up by 15 in the second half. Uh, they thought the series was over. I thought the series was over. Heck, I think pretty much everyone thought it was over, except for the people wearing Nuggets jerseys. Um, unfortunately, that's all that mattered at that point. Um, uh, so I, I, I think the biggest thing for them is to look at the, even the first four games be like, look, we really outplayed them. It's Jamal Murray really having these unworldly performances to beat us. So I think you would just go and you kind of just hit the – you don't hit – like you just kind of go back and be like, yeah, we'll be fine. And if Jamal Murray drops another 45-point night, another 50-point night, and no, no turnovers, so be it. But I, I think you can look through his history and say that probably isn't going to happen two more times in a row. And I think the five days off might cool him off a little bit as well. So, yeah, I don't think they should overreact. Ryan, I, I asked this question realizing that uh, defense uh, has not exactly been uh, at a premium there in the in the bubble in Orlando, but are the Jazz capable of playing better defensively uh, in this series and beyond if, if they're fortunate enough to move on? Are they capable of playing better defense, or is this going to be a team that's going to just have to outscore other teams? You know, I think they're kind of designed to outscore other teams at this point. They're not super deep defensively. Um, I think you saw that at the end of Game Five and even Game One, when Royce O'Neal gets in foul trouble, and their their perimeter defense is lacking significantly, and even he's had some struggles in this series. And so, I think you're almost going into the mindset of like, yeah, we're gonna have to outscore people. And I think that's why Quinn was so like, hey, we're gonna shoot a lot of threes, even more than we have in the regular season, because I think he realizes that his defense probably does have a ceiling, and it's not very high, like. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert, and he's going to save you some possessions. He's going to save you in games. But when a guy like Jamal Murray is just hitting everything and everything, like he, Rudy Gobert is not going to be able to do anything about that. And they are, if you kind of look forward and forward, it's like they, the Clippers have guys that can do that. The, the Mavericks have guys that can do that. And so, yeah, they're probably going to just have to outscore people. And you know what? That's actually – I think it's pretty entertaining. I'll take these 130, 130 games, these 140 games. Like, I think it's been really fun. I know a lot of, like, probably old hats that love their defense, probably like, what's going on? But, you know, no, I think that's kind of how they've been designed at this point, to just be a scoring machine. And, yeah, we'll see if it keeps going. So, about Donovan Mitchell, is is this a matter of him being hot – and just on a roll right now, or is the matter of uh, evidence of a matured player who is now doing what he's capable of doing on a, on a fairly consistent basis? Yeah, I think you look at game one and game two and how he kind of dominated the game so differently to, to say that, yeah, there's a maturity there. Like, he's going to get, he, he's going to just take what the defense gives him. And I think that's the sign of a true star that it's like, okay, I don't need to just barrel into the lane and loft up a floater over four people. Because that's, like, if you look back to last year against Houston, that's kind of what he ended up doing. He just was trapped in the lane every time, and he just toisted up shot after shot. It was just inefficient garbage. And now it's like, okay, cool, you're going to you're gonna double-team me. I'm going to zip a pass across the court to a wide-open Joe Eagles or a wide-open Royce O'Neal. And it's like, and I think he's totally content doing that, and he's seeing the floor so much better that, yeah, I think there's a maturity of a player now do I think we'll start seeing him average 40 points a game? Yeah, I don't. But, you know, I think there's something to be said. Like, yeah, Denver's defense is bad, but, like, what, two other people in history have put up two 50-point games in a series? Like, that's nothing to, like, just 
kind of brush off. Like this was what he's been doing is extremely impressive, and he's been doing it so calmly that you have to say this might just be the guy they have now. Ryan Miller from KSL.com is with us talking some jazz basketball on 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Uh, Ryan, I know Mike Conley came back down to earth a little bit in game number five, but for the most part, he's been really good in the bubble and really good in the other two playoff games. What do you think has been the biggest difference for him now as opposed to the beginning of the year? You know, I've been like, I feel like I've been a Mike Conley apologist all season, to be honest, because it's like, I, I think everyone just looks back at that first game when he was just like, what, one for 15 or something awful like that. And I think that has just stuck in everybody's mind for so long because, like, he really hasn't been bad at all. <laughs> like, it, like, especially going out and going into March or went with a hiatus, he was doing the exact same thing that he did when he popped back. But now it's like I think you just don't have that sour taste in your mouth, so all the fans are kind of finally appreciating it more. But no, so I, I think it's what you're saying is Mike Conley. Like, I, he's a really, really good basketball player. He's going to need – Without Boyan Bogdanovich in there, they're obviously going to need him a little bit more to control the ball, to take a little more shots. And so, and I, I think, like Quinn has said a lot, that it's, there is a comfort level, and now he's probably just comfortable with the guys and comfortable with just taking over when he feels he needs to take over. So, I like, if there's anything, I think this is less of a fluke than anything. Like, I think you'll see Mike Conley playing this well throughout the entirety run of however long they're in these playoffs because that's just the player he's always been and really to me the player he's been all year but for some reason I think that narrative just got created that he's been struggling. (laughs) Let me jump back to what we were talking about before with the defense. Jake thinks one of the Jazz's problems defensively is size. Is is, Is that the primary problem or is it flat athleticism or lack thereof against these particular players? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. It's like it's it's like like I don't know. You look at like Jamal Murray and what he's done. Like a lot of his shots have been pretty well contested. It's not like he's just walking into wide open twenty footers, wide open three pointers. Some miscues obviously have been there, but so sometimes you have to tip your hat to the shot making, and you can almost look at the same way on the Jazz. Like what Donovan Mitchell has been doing has just been unreal, and some of that is just shot making. Um, but yeah, like I think it is a big the size is an issue there. It's like. You're starting Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley in the backcourt. Like, those aren't two very big guys. And so, yeah, if you have the teams that can spread you out a little bit, get into the lane, like, they're going to struggle. And I, I, like, I think last game you saw they don't, like, Mitchell or Donovan was like, yeah, I'm going to go take Jamal Murray at the end. And then his offense waned at the, at the end of the game as well. It's like they don't want Donovan being a guard, like a defensive guard at this point, like a guard when you have to, but they don't want him to be a lockdown guy. And so I think really their biggest problem is just depth. So if you have multiple guys that can just kind of crush the paint, then that's when they're going to be struggling. But, yeah, like, I don't know if there's any way to fix that in the next, you know, two days. So it's like, yeah, just fire away threes and hope you outscore them. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for jumping on with us as always. Glad we're going to have a game to cover Sunday night. And uh, keep up the good work, man. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for me Thank you, Ryan. Our friend Ryan Miller, he covers the jazz for KSL.com. And you can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Miller J. Ryan. And uh, he's a great follow for the latest jazz news and insight.